Hey, Rachel. Hello, Brian. So how was your week? Uh, beyond terrible. So You've been away. I've been away, but you know that feeling when you're abroad <laughs> and you have FOMO and it's about a chicken sandwich okay, that has gone get, viral? Most people actually get homesick for their actual <laughs> homes and you are you have FOMO for, let me guess, the, the Popeye's the Popeye sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> I had to try it. I was like traveling through Portugal and Germany. With and like the best food in the world. The best food in the world. And all you could think about. <laughs> I had these like fresh langoustines in front of me, and all I could think about was a sandwich. chicken. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that and more. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, welcome back. Thanks, Brian. It's good to be back. Yeah, so over, overall, you had a nice trip? It was amazing. People were wondering where we were. And, you know, last episode was the wackiest, most substance-free, frankly, quite crude episode we'd ever done. We'd ever done. And, and we got everybody, a lot of Maybe the feedback. best feedback ever, including from our parents. I was a little I, embarrassed to have my parents listening to a podcast too, about, like, they loved it. meth in some woman's <laughs> vagina. But sure enough, it was right up their alley. That, they, <laughs> that's the kind of content that they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Popeye's chicken sandwich. We so tried. We tried to get one. The world. We tried tonight. We thought we deserve it. We have earned it. But we cannot but no, have nice things. We cannot. We cannot have nice things. And the whole world has gone mad for this Popeye's chicken sandwich. There was like a very academic column about it in the new yorker by helen rosner who's their food writer and a much less academic column about it in the new york post by steve quazo who is also a commercial real estate (laughs) columnist our finest living food critic but everyone seems to agree that this is worth dying for this is the mountain to die on (laughs) and the problem is that you can't get it if you want it no there's one two blocks from me who would have thought there's a popeyes right here and we can't get it. And we can't get it. They're sold out. And I wouldn't eat. Before this phenomenon, you couldn't pay me to eat at Popeye's. And here it is. I am paying them. I would pay someone to stand online for me to get this chicken sandwich. But even if you stood online all day, you couldn't get it because they, they run out. But not... how do you run out of a sandwich? <laughs> That's what I don't understand. And how do you introduce a product? That you don't have enough of? <laughs> I, I mean, that's a good strategy for like Hermes or like this a luxury company. This is what happens company, when you put like Popeyes? Gen Z kids in in charge of like social media marketing campaigns. Yeah, they're so good at it, and it's so it's they're so native to it that they forget the rest of the supply chain. They don't realize that there's actual chicken. <laughs> they that had needs like to be one provided. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> they sent it to like... be fair they had one job which was to drum up demand for this sandwich and they did they did to be fair also popeyes had one job which is to sell the fucking to sandwich they which they can't do and, and why can't they just make more sandwiches <laughs> ingredients <laughs> like, don't they say... need ingredients they <laughs> need options <laughs> they've run out of... they've run they out need of... they need legumes <laughs> okay Shut this down no. before we've even started. Okay. Um, okay. Well, what really happened is you really came back, I and came back. the two topics that were um, threatening to shake up the Western world 
were Greenland. Greenland. Which is already a week ago, so we're not going to talk about that. And bedbugs. Bedbugs. We are awash in bedbugs. Or allegations of bedbugs. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. People are having them, suing over them, <laughs> calling each other bedbugs. It's wild. This so, is another word. Like Greenland, this is a word that did not enter our lexicon. Was not. It wasn't in the top thousand things that people worried about. Until and all of a sudden, until you know who, yeah, started, and you know what. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, take us through what okay, actually so happened. I'm a, lot, a little confused. There's, there's so I have many. Like, I have like 26 bullet points. <laughs> okay, let's about keep it to map. three. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so the, the narrative is it started with the New York Times. So there was an internal memo that was sent out saying that there were bed bugs found on the second, third, and fourth floors of the New York Times They're always building. on the second and third and fourth floor. Always. Never on the fifth. <laughs> never on the first. No, they can't crawl up that high. <laughs> no, but they really found a home on the third. <laughs> <laughs> what about the first floor? Uh, I don't know. So they're like, this is too low. Let's get up Let's to get higher up. ground. <laughs> we, must, we must climb. We must. <laughs> the ceiling cannot hold us. So, um, so there's this guy named David Karpf, who is an associate professor at George Washington University. And he made a joke on Twitter that um, after like the bed bug memo went viral, that um, the bed bugs were a metaphor and that conservative columnist Brett Stevens was the real bed bug okay. at the New York Times. Yeah, he's not that popular because he's the conservative writer, one of them on the Times op-ed page, which is not conservative. And he's kind of a climate change denier. And Well, he had that column, but okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So Karp had like 500 followers at the time that he tweeted this thing about Brett Stevens. And the tweet got like nine likes from like his fellow colleagues <laughs> at George Washington University. And, and one student. Right. And, and one student. He didn't even tag Brett Stevens. But Brett Stevens somehow found out about this tweet and he was triggered. Because like, someone said something nasty about him on Twitter. someone called him a bed bug Okay, and he's Twitter. a public public person. He writes in public with probably with the intention of getting feedback and of getting a reaction from the public. That's why you write in public. That's why you write. That's what you do. But he didn't like this. But one. he did not like Very this. Trumpy in a fit. Right. And I think we need to take a step back and talk about who Brett Stevens is and what his views are on free speech and <laughs> safe spaces. You know, he, he just thinks that People at colleges are totally going crazy with these like trigger warnings and safe spaces and that everyone should have like freedom to express whatever opinions they want on college campuses. Which is a fine opinion to have unless you then get triggered by, by someone a, by, by a bed bug. <laughs> a bed bug. So being called a bed bug was a bridge too far for him. So he proceeded to find David Karp's email address and wrote him an email and the email is really something. It starts with this sentence. Someone just pointed out a tweet you wrote about me calling me a bed bug. Who is this someone? Okay, Brett Stevens was not tagged in the tweet, so it would not show up in his mentions. Yeah. So clearly there's someone out there who is Boolean searching for, quote, Brett Stevens on Twitter. Wait, this is Brett Stevens saying, someone, deducing how it was found. He said there's someone Boolean searching. No, he said, he said in the tweet, someone alerted me to your tweet. Okay. The person who alerted him to it was obviously himself. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's obvious. So the first sentence of this letter is a lie. And then he goes on to say, I'm often amazed about the things supposedly decent people are prepared to say about other people, people they've never met on Twitter. And I think you've set a new standard. He then invites Karp to come over and have dinner with his wife and children. So you're going to sell to like a cage match, no. like Len Dykstra <laughs> and the, the bagel guy. <laughs> 
Okay, so where was I? So Brett Stevens invites this professor to come over and have dinner with his wife and children and to call him a bed bug to his face, which really would have been a very nice gesture, except he <laughs> copied the provost of George Washington University the on the email, the, the boss, which was like a not too subtle like threat. A veil also threat. sort of undermined the like sincerity of the invitation to dinner with oh, his wife and kids. It was super disingenuous. So like, but what he failed to understand was that David Karp has tenure. And George he can't Wa- be fired. He can't be fired. And George Washington University adheres to the values of intellectual freedom that Brett Stevens holds quite dear. Pretends to espouse. But, you know, Brett, he couldn't handle it. He decided to delete his Twitter account in the wake of this unacceptable Right, insult. I saw this. And he announced that he was del- deleting his Twitter account on Twitter. And then deleted it. And then it. deleted it. So it makes you wonder, did, was there like a lag time? Did he leave it up just enough for people to know that he was going away and then deleted it? Or did he, it's like if a tweet falls in a forest. I don't think he realized that if he deleted his account, his announcement that he was deleting his account it's going to fall flat, but people did screenshot it. Okay, that happens. So um, so what he said was, time to do what I long ago promised to do. Twitter is a sewer. It brings out the worst in humanity. Don't disagree. I sincerely apologize for any part I've played in making it worse and to anyone I've ever hurt. Thanks to all my followers, but I'm deactivating this account. Okay, that's nice. That's, I just want to say, like, goodbye, Brett Stevens. <laughs> I, I was called an ugly cunt like 1,000 <laughs> times and received an email death threat after I wrote something about Ivanka Trump. Right. Okay, Brett Stevens would not survive one minute being a woman on the Internet. No. <laughs> I fucking wish someone called me a bed bug. I wish. That would be the nicest thing anyone could say. So, um, okay, so that's Brett Stevens, but there's a parallel bed bug story happening. <laughs> multi, multi It's a bed bug multiverse. So Donald Trump announced at the G7 that next year's G7 will be held at where else but his struggling Doral Golf Resort in Florida. I'm and surprised it wasn't Mar-a-Lago. I know. Well, Mar-a-Lago, I think, is doing okay he needs to like bootstrap up mar-a-lago right uh, and uh, then doral right and he said like i don't care about he he said something like i don't care about money it's the last thing i care about which is like of all the lies he's told like that (laughs) is the the most like ridiculous so this is a violation of the amount this is like (laughs) shitting on the emoluments clause basically but nobody cares because nothing matters anymore and who would prosecute it william barr (laughs) nope Nope. Um, William Barr, who's throwing a party at the Trump at the Hotel. Trump International Hotel. He might as well throw it at the and Doral. Pay, yeah, might as well. Um, but so nobody cares about the emoluments clause, but people do care about bedbugs and Doral had a major infestation. Oh, so wow. Yeah, when did this come out? Was this before the presidency or has this been like an on, ongoing thing or was this a it's recent revelation? It's been an ongoing thing, but after this announcement, the lawsuit was pulled oh, up. There was a bed and bug there was, lawsuit? There was a bed bug lawsuit. There was a guest named Eric Linder who alleged that he he stayed in this like prestigious Jack Nicklaus villa, which is like one of the fancy ones there. Okay. I don't know, yeah. whatever. And it he left- did say in that... Uh, in that uh, sort of advertisement for it that they have all kinds of fancy villas and that every country could have their own villa. Well, that's exactly what, what he was nor, referring what to. What more need we say? <laughs> every country could have their own species of bed bug. <laughs> and so... <laughs> 
There's a lot of biodiversity <laughs> at the Doral. So, um, okay. So it should this, be sponsored by Casper. Really? Yeah. It should. So Eric Linder alleged that he stays in this villa and he was left with welts, lumps, and marks over much of his face, neck, arms, and torso. Ooh. And um, the lawsuit was, of course, settled. And there's a confidentiality agreement. Of course they so all no, are, right. This is the problem. Like... These confidentiality agreements must stop because nobody could talk about anything. They just pay people off. And so then Trump tweets, no bed bugs at Doral. The radical left Democrats, it's the <laughs> <laughs> upon hearing that the perfectly located Doral National Miami was under consideration for the next G7, spread that false and nasty rumor. Not nice. I love how he says in the passive voice, it was under consideration. By him. By him. I he, considered it. Like he went on like a press conference and just starts talking about his resort as if he's like some sort of like. Pitchman. Pitchman. Pitch it, it was, it, I mean, nothing surprises nothing. me no, anymore. No, it's not surprising. No, no. So um, that, okay, okay. So so it all comes full circle today <laughs> where, <laughs> where Trump tweets a second time about bed bugs this time about brett stevens <laughs> so it all comes together it's, it's all, everything that rises must converge it's like a snake eating its own tail <laughs> he said the infestation of bed bugs at the new york times office was perhaps brought in by lightweight journalist brett stevens a conservative who does anything that his bosses at the paper tell him to do he is now quitting twitter after being called a bed bug <laughs> tough guy it's too bad that brett stevens is not around <laughs> anymore to read that tweet. It's, it's certainly. I know he's not on Twitter, so we wouldn't see him. Would. Nobody actually follows Donald Trump's tweet or tweets on Twitter. They, they I get guess, reported on. Yeah, yeah, so maybe he. Maybe, I'm sure he saw it. Maybe, but it should be a point of pride. I mean, for you know all the people who get tweet blasted by him it's an honor it's an honor and maybe he'll write him a letter of recommendation <laughs> no inviting donald trump to come over to his house and have dinner with his wife and children and tell, them and that tell he's a bed bug to his face no no no, no. can we no. stop this shut it down shut i'm sorry down. that was like a really no, long the entire look you come back to america and the entire like western civilization has been reduced to something that is like one step up from cooties <laughs> we're basically we're about to destroy Western civilization over cooties. So I say no. <laughs> no. No, shut just it shut down. this down. Shut it down. Okay, so the only way to get rid of bed bugs, I guess, I don't know a lot about them, if you have them, is by taking a really thorough shower. I have no idea. I think bed bugs are really hard to get rid of. Yeah, I think not you have just to a shower. like employ dogs, like bed bug <laughs> sniffing dogs. No, I think there's that ad. <laughs> like What's it called? Bed bug sniffing dogs. Yeah, I know. But they don't clean them off I you. Think... They don't like lick you. <laughs> well, what you do is you get the dogs, <laughs> they come over, they sniff, and if you have them, you just burn your house down. <laughs> I think you do, but they don't. You have to burn yourself down? you have to like throw yourself on a funeral pyre? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> taking a shower may not do the trick, but it is good for day-to-day -day hygiene. Okay. <laughs> Except for these people that I'm going to tell you about. <laughs> so there are these people um, who have not showered or bathed often up to 15 years. By choice? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not like they have no hot water. Um, this is reported in The Guardian. There's a guy named David Whitlock who has not showered or bathed in 15 years, and he claims uh, he does not have body odor. 
And <laughs> at least not, not that he a can reliable smell. narrator. <laughs> and he says it has multiple benefits, one of which is he gains 15 minutes a day okay. by not bathing. It's a life hack. <laughs> it's a life hack. <laughs> There's not enough hours in the day. Right. I know. Don't shower. <laughs> And also, he says it lets friendly microbes live in symbiotic harmony. Does this person have a job? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to get to some <laughs> other people who do have jobs. Another person is uh, Sarah Ballantyne, who lives what she calls a Stone Age lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and she does wash, but she only washes with water. Um, and she says, over time, my skin has adjusted. I don't smell. But then here's another. Her name is Jackie. Her name is Jackie Hong, and she lives in the Yukon. All right. Well, so then that's the perfect place to be. <laughs> right. It like kills all the microbes. That's the only place you should be. <laughs> not okay. She doesn't shower. And. Uh, She's a, the problem is she's a court, she's a reporter, like a journalist. Okay. But she covers the judiciary. She covers the courts. And she says, it's not a problem because I'm sitting in court or at my desk most days. So it's not like I'm getting bombarded with filth. So it's it's fine for her. But what about the other people in the court? Can you imagine? You're already like on trial for something horrible. You're on the jury. And people are like, what is that smell? I'm sort of focused on like the meta story of this story. Like I'm just imagining like the pitch meeting at the Guardian. Like I want to write a profile of people people who just have decided not to shower. Like how did they find out about this? Maybe they're friends with Jackie Young in the UK. <laughs> I will say, in Portugal, I saw this like tourist family that looked like normal people, except none of them were wearing shoes. Oh, well, that's a lifestyle. Okay. It's like a Stone Age Is lifestyle. That... <laughs> okay. They must be Stone Agers. They must be related. <laughs> You've heard of New Agers? This is, these are Stone Agers. Okay. okay. Now, there is some science behind this. Um, David Whitlock, Whit- Whitlock, who I mentioned earlier, um, he's actually a former chemical engineer. Um, and he has developed, based on this philosophy, his own skincare line, and it's called Mother Dirt. Okay. And uh, he says that this philosophy was based on very serious science experiments he did when he was a working chemical engineer, and he did it when he was watching horses roll in dirt. Okay. <laughs> because who most among us has not been inspired? Who has not sat there watching horses rolling? First of all, horses don't do horses roll in dirt. <laughs> they don't roll. Horses don't, don't roll. roll anywhere. I think he was looking at. You're not at, a rolling animal. No, I think he was looking at like armadillos. <laughs> Groundhogs. I don't know what animals roll, but certainly not horses. Well, he's a chemical engineer. He doesn't <laughs> Maybe know. Maybe he didn't know what animal he was looking at. It's hard to it's, know. Okay. Anyway, so he was watching the horses rolling in dirt. He had a light bulb idea, an epiphany. He said, I'm never going to watch again, and I'm going to form a line of skincare called Mother Dirt. That's beautiful. That's, I mean, That's listen, necessity yeah. is the mother of invention, it's the mother of dirt. So okay, shut it down. No, shut it down. No, no please shower. No. Please wash. No, wash. Just I mean, I guess the water person's okay, but maybe throw no. in a little soap. No, that's not okay either. There's a lot of product you can get. Natural soap. You can get. 
I don't know. There's all kinds of soap substitutes if you don't like the idea. These people haven't done their research. Yes. They're just crackpots. Well, so <laughs> speaking of dirt, <laughs> I went. To, I want to talk about an experience I had in a restaurant oh, in okay. Germany. The restaurant. I hear there's great restaurants now in Germany. There, there are great restaurants. Um, this one is called Nobleheart and Schmutzig, which means <laughs> schmutzy. <laughs> yes, which means I love it. Like the German and the Yiddish, like Converge. sort of conflate yes. into words that don't mean what they probably is like a common etymology. No, they mean the same thing. It means and noble dirt. heart and dirt. Oh, okay, like schmutz. So schmutz, okay. it's like from the earth, right? Okay. So this restaurant is um, located right down the street from Checkpoint Charlie. Mm-hmm. And um, we were celebrating my sister's 40th birthday, Happy which 40th, is coming out. Happy yeah. 40th. And so this is where she wanted to go. And we were all very excited about it. So it's like a fancy restaurant? It's or a, a, yeah, it's a Michelin star restaurant. It opened about five years ago. And they're very earnest and very strict about it. What do you mean? It. A German restaurant is earnest and strict? I'm right. shocked. It's <laughs> very German. So... There's a whole manifesto. Everything is sourced within like a 50 kilo- kilometer yeah, radius of yeah, Berlin. That's all of it. And yeah. because of that, they refuse to use olive oil or black pepper. You're not allowed to take photos in the restaurant, which is totally fine with me. And it's a beautiful space. There's one communal table that seats like 12 people, but you can also be at the bar. And the menu looked like a playbill pamphlet with um, the players were listed with like each person in the kitchen. Oh, I thought it was like the farmers <laughs> the, that provided the No, butter. and each course credited the farmer that supplied the ingredient. And like it's a 12-course meal. And listen, there, there were some really delicious dishes in there. But by the eighth course, I was ready to go. Yep. Um, and the the owner is this guy named Billy Wagner, and like I think he's like related to um, to what Richard Wagner, like because this meal was, was like, like the ring cycle. It was the ring cycle like of meals, yes, and on wheels uh, of meals. <laughs> and so Billy really, he you know he seemed like a lovely guy. He took his time and he explained everything in between the courses and how often does the owner of a restaurant like sit down and explain everything very to rare. you. Very, very rare. rare. But the problem was we were sitting there for five hours. <laughs> yeah, we had that too in the Lake District. We had the Michelin star oh, with the 16-course menu. I'm like, just fucking just, feed me already. Just, like, there's nothing I want to do for five hours other than sleep. No, and there's like ice cream shaped like rocks and shrimp shaped like frogs and like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't know <laughs> right i mean like it's definitely not for everyone no, and but nice to do on a special occasion but nice to do okay. and so like i went to the bathroom and like after the fifth hour and there was a business card next to the hand soap and it said rotor Brebald franconian sausage hand soap so, like, even the soap had a business Wait, card. say that again? The, the soap had a business card, okay? <laughs> and it was sausage. It was sausage hand soap. And it said... Wait, Nate, was the sausage made from hand soap or was there hand soap made from... Wait, was, this, was there sausage made of hand soap or hand soap made of, made of sausage? It was hand soap that was just like this other soap was inspired by horses rolling in dirt. 
This soap was inspired by Franconian sausage. The red brawn is one of the very old sausage recipes that have their origins in home butchery, is what the card said. Next to pork rind, fresh blood, and the remains of a head of a pig, the butchers of the Franconian countryside use spices like marjoram, pepper cloves, and allspice, and these seasonings lend the soap its aromatic, spicy notes and soothing effect. And by that point... I was ready to go to Checkpoint Charlie. <laughs> I, I left before the final Checkpoint course. Checkpoint Charlie and walked to East Berlin. Yeah, but I was ready. And my sister followed me out. And then a waiter followed us out. I'm still unclear with the last of what course. the connection to the soap, despite having read that, what the connection of the soap to the sausage is. I think it had the same spice. It was inspired by the sausage <laughs> oh, with the same spices. So the sausage was the muse. <laughs> it's just like the horse rolling in the dirt. <laughs> But so, I I mean, we had a great time. I would do it again. Well, I wouldn't go back, but <laughs> but I wouldn't change a thing. Um, my sister had a lovely time, and she loved the restaurant. Well, that's what's important. But to Noble Heart and Schmutzig, I say, do an no. express menu. Yeah. Three hours. <laughs> McDonald's has an express menu. Well, like Panera can... Lunch has an express how... menu. Right, Popeye's, about... if you can get past the line for the chicken, has an express how menu. Courses at the bar, three and a half hours. <laughs> totally quick. Or three courses at the bar, one and a half hours. Yeah, amazing. Or so, just an appetizer. Just get appetizers. Just an appetizer or drinks. I don't know. I have a lot of ideas. I can <laughs> call help me. Call, call me <laughs> Billy Wagner. Uh, you seem like a nice person, but I gotta say nope. Shut no. it down. <laughs> Shut it down. No, no. no. Oh boy. So um Coming back to America, you must, aside from the Popeyes, you must be craving good old-fashioned American recipes. You yes. must be, like, super psyched for, like, com- comfort foods. Comfort like- foods and, yeah, and, like, there's all these, like, cool inspirations for recipes online and those viral videos, you know. And yeah, there was a, one- yeah, I mean, you don't even need to look for recipes anymore. We have, like, hundreds of cookbooks here. You don't need them. You just go in and type, like you know, braised, you know, Mediterranean braised chicken thighs. And, and the recipes pop up every... And food, food porn pictures. Exactly. And so there was this one recipe, you know, those ones that are like, you know, 20 seconds and it shows you all the ingredients. And yeah. it's like, it's very um, satisfying yeah. to watch these. Yeah. What's that word for it? The like food satisfaction? We did a segment on that. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about like the woman who like smacked her lips and like <laughs> the woman who like narrated her eating. <laughs> okay, never mind. Look it up in the never archive. Mind. Okay. This is episode 91. Who the fuck we remembers don't, we don't what know. we talked about? So there's this recipe tutorial video that it, it sent everyone into a frenzy. It was called <laughs> Deep Fried Barbecue Chicken Stuffed Pizza Dia. Pizza stuff is it stuffed with pizza? <laughs> Let me explain. So it was posted by a British website called Twisted Food. It had 34 ingredients and 11 steps, and it starts innocuously enough. It starts as a simple shredded chicken quesadilla, which then... What could be simpler and more delightful? uh, Right. But then it's a casserole, and then it's cut up, and each like wedge is deep fried and turned into a deep fried quesadilla casserole, and then... (laughs) <laughs> they put <laughs> sauce and cheese and pepperoni on top. So it's like a pepperoni pizza of a quesadilla casserole of a pizza. Right. And then you're supposed to like dip it in some sort of like ranch dressing. Ranch dressing. Right. So it's, and a, it's a snake eating its own tail. It is like it is too many things at once. 
And um, Yashar Ali, who writes for New York Magazine, um, posted it and was like, I'm calling the FBI. <laughs> and Padma Lakshmi was like, I have no words. Nobody could make heads or tails of Did it. Did anyone make it? Yes. Yes. There's a guy named Shay Spence, who is a food editor at People Magazine. And um, I followed him on Instagram because everybody was talking about like how amazing this was. And I watched in real time. As he made this recipe, well, he made a video of it. He he, it was the longest Instagram story <laughs> I have ever seen. How many? How it many was like was it? hundreds. <laughs> and he said at the end of the whole process, which took like God knows, I mean, like hours. Right, he had to six take like seven, maternal leave, like longer like... <laughs> than a meal at Noble Heart and Schmutzig. And at the end, it was disgusting. Which we could have told him at from the beginning. The beginning. Um, who posted and, this in the first place? This twisted website? Yeah. Okay, well, who cares what they think? Who cares what they think? But it was really, I mean, it just went on and on. You you start to see, like, the chicken, and then it becomes one thing, and then it's something else. And It's, it's a like, metaphor for our times. It's a, it, it had so many plot twists. <laughs> it had options. It had ingredients. It was a mystery. <laughs> Wrapped in an enigma. Wrapped in a quesadilla. Well, people are so thirsty for likes, and food likes are almost better than any. Yes, exactly. So... Nope to the pizzadilla fried. Nobody wants that. Turducken. Nobody no, wants you. Nobody wants it. <laughs> but I have another turducken to talk about. Do people want this one? No, nobody wants this either. So this was in a story from Bloomberg, and it so it's real. <laughs> it's real. It's Unlike the rest of the shit that we basically no, no, make this up. is real. So there's this new cookbook called the Whole Fish Cookbook. Just came out. Um, it's from a guy named Josh Nyland, who's an Australian chef. Who his mission is for people to treat fish like meat. And so there's one particularly intriguing recipe in the book, and it is Nyland's fish turducken. And it, it, it pays homage to the original Thanksgiving yeah, See, chicken stuffed inside a duck. Fish in another fish? Yes. So, <laughs> so it features yellowfin tuna loin wrapped in a cod filet, wrapped in an enormous tail on ocean trout. <laughs> So, in the book, Nyland promises that the deboning of the fish is the only fiddly part of this recipe. Fiddly? Yeah. So, a reporter, very intrepid <laughs> reporter. Why is, it, why is the word intrepid only applied to reporters? To journalists, yeah. Or the intrepid. <laughs> or the USS intrepid. <laughs> so, Kate Crater made the fish turducken, and it turned out horribly. Um, she said it was definitely a showstopper. <laughs> <laughs> if by showstopper you mean people vomiting, <laughs> people stopped eating and started vomiting. They will gawk at it and say that they've truly never seen anything <laughs> like it. And she said, Wait, <laughs> she said everything. It required three people to make it. There was no instructions on how to like truss the fish and how to like yeah. keep it connected. And um, she described the instructions in the cookbook like an Ikea instruction manual right. to put together furniture. Blurg, yes. Right. Um, and everything wound up being either over or undercooked, and it looked disgusting. It's surprising that <clears throat> this was such a problem because they do. it is a common menu item to have, like, flounder stuffed with crab. 
Right, but like I think it was like the sauce. three fish on it's top. It's the third <laughs> fish that does it. And the fact that one is a whole body, right. it's a whole fish. That throws the whole physics off. Well, the fish, the ingredients itself cost $250 <laughs> just to put this thing together. Get, so Just get a bucket of KFC. Get a Popeye's. <laughs> get a Popeye's. Well, you can't. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. But so she she called the chef to find out what she did wrong, and he said that she cooked the fish without a head or a tail. Oh, and the head—that's where all the moisture comes. Yes, from. Yes, the head shields the fillet from direct exposure to heat, as does. the Wait, tail. how does a head? They're like <laughs> lateral. How does a head shield, shield the body? The, <laughs> Do they understand the way a fish works? Have they ever I mean, seen a fish? If anybody it's not like the head straddles the entire body of maybe the fish. Maybe because it's like an enclosed unit. It keeps <laughs> it's like it. the, the, the circular the circulation maybe. Of, the, of, the, of the hot air. I don't know. It's like a convection oven inside. I don't know, but I thought <laughs> like, I'd read the recipe. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Hot smoked fish turducken. <laughs> Serves 12. Serves <laughs> 12. So two kilograms of boneless butterflied ocean trout, one kilogram boneless butterflied Murray cod, one kilogram of yellowfin tuna loin, 100 grams of soaked hardwood chips, brine, fine salt, cold water. For the brine, combine the salt in the water and stir until the salt has dissolved. Place the fish in separate bowls and pour the brine over each. The next day, dry the fish. The next day? Yes. (laughs) This is a multi-day recipe. Yes, dry the fish. (laughs) Lay it out, skin side down, tail closest to you. Place the Murray cod on top of the trout in the same position, the tail end closest to you. Then place the tuna. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) The cod has a tail too? So it's like a tail in a tail? (laughs) I thought the cod was a filet. So it just if the the <laughs> trout ate the cod, <laughs> because in a turducken there's no premise that the turkey ate the duck. Right. It's not like there's a duck bill inside the turkey. That <laughs> there's a there's a cod tail inside and of a head, a, a cod <laughs> head. So if you get that slice on the end, you <laughs> it's an all head feast. Something the like fish heads. This is a twofer. <laughs> Wait, this a tuna. Tunas are huge. You can have a tuna head in there too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay, so there should be no fish sticking out. You use- <laughs> <laughs> so using kitchen twine, trust the fish together in multiple places. <laughs> Just multiple places. <laughs> Wherever there's a tail sticking out or a head, just press it over the dorsal <laughs> fin, ensuring that each remains in position with the bellies joining to create a seamless fish. <laughs> it's like the human centipede. Oh my god, I'm it's crying. Terrible. It's terrible. So then you have to smoke the fish. So you set your oven or grill to the lowest temperature. He doesn't specify what that is. You make sure the kitchen is well ventilated. <laughs> you better. <laughs> it's going to smell like fish for a decade. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Okay, so then then you place a saucepan full of smoke of soaked smoking chips in the bottom. You light the chips and allow the smoke to flood the oven. Smoke the fish for two hours. And then you test it with a thermometer. Make sure it's uh, 104 degrees in the middle. You let it rest. Then you chill it overnight and you serve it chilled. Oh, so we're on a fourth day now <laughs> or third day. Fourth you serve day. it chilled. So I don't like cold fish. I don't like cold. You don't like locks? Or... No. No? No. I mean, I've had locks that Wait, I so like. you eat but... this cold? Yes. This thing? This thing. It's like a terrine of fish heads. It's the skin and the head in there? Like, what? Uh, I'm so confused. I just think that the whole with recipes, I'd be so traumatized after four days of cooking this thing. Really? I would. Who would want to eat it? <laughs> like, just throw it out. I mean, and I feel like it's if it, if one thing goes wrong, it's a high wire it's act. A, it's, like you can't get that oh, time back. Twi- high twine act. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I think recipes, the whole should be better than the sum of, of its the parts. parts. Yes. And here, why it's don't worse. you just it's make much three worse. different fish? Does the third? Does the tuna loin really make it any better? What? Just ma- make a piece of fish. Just, just, just make <laughs> one piece of fish. Just put it on the grill. No. Just go to fucking Whole Foods. Get a nice fillet of something, put it on the grill for 10 minutes, flip it, you're done. Or you really want to serve 12 and make three different fish? Put the three of them next to each other <laughs> on the grill. Put a little lemon, <laughs> a little olive oil, salt and pepper. You don't even need that much. No, if simple, it's good it's fish. better. Simply delicious. <laughs> this guy doesn't know about fish. This guy wrote he a whole... He knows nothing about <laughs> fish. It's like no. somebody like taught him the word fish. And said, and make a, a recipe. About He's fish. like, how fancy could I make this? How about three fish? Why don't they stuff it with tacos? And, and a, put a pizza on top. Chocolate pudding. No. Why not? Shut this down. We've already wasted our listeners' time with this. No. Okay, we got to catch up because we're we're so far behind. I have this thing about how New Jersey has a seagull problem, so they released uh, hawks and falcons and owls to attack them or eat them or scare them away attack the seagulls yeah wait the jersey shore yeah not the show just like on the like the boardwalk right like this is a a nearby ecological disaster (laughs) it's like the one that was happening in san francisco where they brought in the like the mice to eat the mice was a problem they brought in the owls to eat them and then the owls were a problem they bought in whatever and then they dropped pesticides they dropped pesticides and you had the correct Thing, which is just just release a lion. I bring one lion. Well, one lion could solve all of these problems, <laughs> and that's what I think to the Jersey Shore. I'm not even going to talk about this a lot. I'm just going to say, bring in the fucking. Bring actually, the actually, they say Ed, the the master falconer Eric Swanson, who's the owner of East Coast Falcons, said it's working. It's exactly like if a tiger ran in here. Oh, so okay, so the hawks came in and they're eating the seagulls. Hawks and owls and falcons. They're not eating them. They're supposed to be scaring them away, but there is some eating going on. And what is what are they eating? Are they are they the seagulls? But are they bothering other people? Are they creating a bigger problem that they're solving? I think they're driving the seagulls like in the, the seagulls are terrified. So the birds of prey. I wasn't going to talk about this, but it's so fascinating. The birds of free were released two thousand feet up above the boardwalk, and then they dive bomb at 100 miles an 
one hour. And what about people? Are they harming <laughs> the people? I don't know. They seem to be an afterthought. They're, this is like this is a very high trafficked area, and I don't know about like releasing birds of prey. The birds of prey are very highly motivated because to get them to come. Okay, so they're flying around preying on the seagulls, and like you might ask, how do you get them to come back at the end of the day? Yeah, and the answer is that they reward them with um, pieces of quail meat, oh. raw quail meat. It's delicious. They like they like we like it cooked. They like it raw. Okay. So quail meat, put that in the turducken fish <laughs> and wrap it up. Okay. No, no, no. That's all the time that one's worth. Uh, I instead want to talk about underwear. Okay. Celebrity underwear, to be more specific. Okay. Um, Rihanna's celebrity underwear, oh, yeah, to be the even. Fenty. Yeah, it's called Savage X Fenty. Yeah. And they have on the website Very they popular. have they have a VIP club. It's the Savage X Fenty extra vip membership oh what it do costs you 49.95 a month okay and what does that get you you might ask it allows you to purchase what they call special and discounted underwear mm-hmm. who doesn't want discounted <laughs> underwear Ooh, among lightly us. used <laughs> is it like so does rihanna like curate she, yeah it? she curates it and but some of it who knows if she's do, like she's probably not curating the used underwear no but is she curating the she's not yeah the curi- special the quote special underwear Okay. Okay. There's a thing. That's a thing. I right. mean, that's it, it a turned, bargain. I've Rihanna's picking out my get, underwear. I don't think you get any underwear for the $49. I think you have the right to buy the VIP underwear. But do you, you get, get her feedback on it? <laughs> it's not like you it's not like augmented reality. <laughs> Can you ask her? If it <laughs> no, I don't think it's a personal style consultation with Rihanna. Um, no, but so they're selling these subscriptions, and it turns out that these subscription practices are not entirely on board. Now, you know, I've run and advised a whole bunch of companies that are subscription-based online companies, and there's a very strict set of rules. I mean, mm. they all have the one you put in your credit card, and it automatically renews. That's fine as long as it's clearly disclosed to the customer. That's I get happen. all sorts of. I I've subscribed to so many things that I don't even know anymore. Then you cancel. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, but sometimes I don't realize okay well wait till you hear what they do so they they started the subscription and then complaints started showing up on review sites and on twitter here's one twitter things at spicy pumpkinita said millennial poverty is not being able to buy lunch because you're dumb and forgot about your annual savage x fenty membership fee so people are having trouble canceling um and so the, the the little bit of the scam or alleged scam is that on the site, there's all sorts of products that are labeled as VIP only. Okay. But you can buy them. When you put them in your shopping cart, you're automatically enrolled in the subscription program, which you may not even notice. Wait, wait. So if you see a product and put it in your cart as VIP only, then you're... you're Automatically, it, it is implied consent. Oh. It is implying that wow. you want to be in the VIP okay. program. Wow. And then, you, uh, then every month you get your $49. Um, and then it, the, the further investigation, they show that any discounted item, anything that's like sale price, also automatically enrolls you into the club. Because like you're getting special VIP pricing. So okay. therefore, you must be part of the club. So um, what the company says, I can't even say this name anymore. Um, this is how they defend their pricing strategy. They say, you can opt out of paying the fee at the start of any given month, but only if you don't plan on buying anything. If you don't opt out, but also don't buy anything, the fee rolls over as store credit. The choice to shop is yours! Exclamation point. Then, 
If, they want, <laughs> if someone wants to cancel, here's what you do. Shop or log into your account to skip the month by the 5th of each month, and you won't be charged. If you don't skip, your payment method will be charged $49.95 on the 6th of each month, and you will receive one VIP member credit valued at $49.95. why are you paying $50 a month just for the right to buy underwear? I have I don't a, even... a more important question. Rihanna, don't you have enough fucking money that you don't need to scam your fans out of, like, your underwear curation? service this is ridiculous i i feel like it's probably some shady business person that she got in bed with no it's no, actually it's, it's actually it's powered by this company that does all kinds of these things and in fact just fab that site got busted by the uh getting sued by santa cruz cities of santa cruz and santa clara mm-hmm. shoemint.com bloomberg did a feature on it and they called this the future of shopping if this is the future of shopping, fucking kill I, me I now. I went off. No, I went, out. I went off. I don't want to buy anything again. I want to stop wash, stop showering, who, live off the grid. But I, I just don't understand so many things about this. Like, who is spending like that much money on underwear? For a recommendation. For a for rec- under, not even for the underwear. If you can't decide what underwear to buy on your buy own. Buy Hanes. Go to Walmart and <laughs> buy Hanes. Like, you don't need, you need Rihanna to tell you what underwear to buy. Like, really, get a life. Like, And no. how much to pay for it? No. no. No, Rihanna, you're better than this. Or maybe you're not. No, maybe. You, I, I love Rihanna, but this is terrible. You could love her music. I, yeah. I don't love her business practices. No, this is bad. Shut this it down, really Rihanna. Bad. Distance Rihanna, yourself no, from this. No. 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 Nope, shut it down. Okay. Um, one more commercial venture. Um, <laughs> switching to baseball, I okay. guess. <laughs> We're coming up on, base, on playoff season. The Yankees are coming in strong yeah. and the Mets are sputtering out as usual. Um, but one of the most important things for the integrity of the game is to make sure that the players are not taking steroids. That was a problem a while ago. Right. We seem to have mostly licked it now. But there is a new menace, which is gas station sex pills. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. So the players so, are... The, yeah. So the MLB, Major League Baseball... Uh, issued a memo, which is a warning, after two players tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs, and they realized that they came from contaminated gas station sex pills. These are like like herbal Viagra substitutes, but they are only sold like behind the counter in gas stations. So why don't they just? That's what the memo says. It says players who suffer from erectile dysfunction or other legitimate issues related to sexual performance speak to a licensed physician about the various prescription medications available to treat these conditions. Don't these teams have like excellent medical care? Yeah, don't they have like private doctors who will take discreetly take care of your private stuff so that everyone doesn't have to find out? Of course. And like these are virile young men for the most part. They probably don't need this. I mean, listen, if they do, that's fine. But like, why would you trust a gas, a gas station? station? <laughs> and also, like, who is this? Like, ga- like, why do they only sell <laughs> at gas it. stations? More importantly, I just this is it seems like a- an expensive distribution strategy. You need to have like field salesmen you need and to like have a whole sales distribute. Force. You need, These are like mom and pop, like a logistics nightmare. Oh my god! Like, they- call us. <laughs> we have okay. Gas so, so Viagra. do you know there's a vice writer, Grant Stoddard, uh, who writes no. a lot of online things. So he decided to go deep on this story. 
So he went into a gas station um, where he would frequently buy whatever various convenience store shit. And he noticed these pill packages um, behind the counter. And they had like samurai warriors on their package and holographic rhinos. (laughs) Um, You've seen them, right? Like you don't really know. Mm-mm. Okay, maybe you don't notice. There's definitely a lot of... I don't really go into gas stations because <laughs> I don't drive. There's a lot of holographic rhinos. Okay. And he bought a product called Rhinos in Blackfire. Okay. And he noticed that these packages have a lot of phrases like 100% genuine product. <laughs> That applies to anything. That could be... How could you argue? (laughs) Um, Other phrases that he noticed were pill lasts 11 days, rock hard rerections with an R, and gentleman entry begins. It's a 100% genuine product. So he took one and he said it felt felt like his heart was going to burst out of his chest. And he basically had like a three-day like psychotic break <laughs> so it's like a stimulant where he basically. was like lying on the floor thinking what he that he was going to die oh my um, god and it turns out that the fda has more than 20 rhino products on a list oh. of tainted sexual enhancement products so this is a known health hazard and yet i'm sure because of like trump's deregulated fda they can't do anything about the rhinos the no. stampeding rhinos oh my god they're this holographic is- they're 100% genuine products. But these baseball players are athletes. They need to think about their bodies. Like, don't destroy your body for a gas, gas station, station rhino. <laughs> okay. No. No. No, shut, no, shut, it, shut down. it down. Okay. I have one final item. Um, you may recall uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we uh, had a phone interview with uh, Seth, right? Yep. yep. Seth Fredkoff. Yeah, who, who uh, got kicked out of uh, Tootsie the Musical <laughs> for... Yelling at a woman, yelling at for, a woman eating for eating Twizzlers. <laughs> um, and uh, I went and saw Tootsie, and it was delightful. And this week, while you were away, I went and saw Moulin Rouge, the musical. I can't believe you saw it without me. Which was a delight. It has 70 popular songs mashed into it. It was amazing. Sounds amazing. But one of the things that Doug and I do, we love our pre-theater dinner. We feel like it's very quaint, like old people used to do. They would you know, have their 5.30 reservation. And one of the places we like, there's a few places in the theater district, is Joe Allen, which oh, is like yeah. a classic it's a great place. place. Yeah. yeah, it's classic. They have the pre-theater menu. So I made the reservation on Open Table. And uh, we were out that day. I was actually at the Whitney. And I get a call, a voicemail from something I don't recognize. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe Allen. And it's Joe Allen. And usually they call to like confirm the reservation, which is <laughs> annoying, but I understand. And he goes, Hi, this is Mike from Joe Allen. Um, I just need to give you some information about your dinner tonight oh, because yeah. of some construction we're doing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we're afraid that tonight we won't have liver or soup. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And the funny thing is, I couldn't stop talking all week to Doug about how I want the liver at Joe Allen. It's <laughs> oh, like really? famous, yeah, oh. but they can't do the liver or soup. Okay. So, <clears throat> so we were just like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Joe Allen. No, so we go to Joe Allen anyway, and the guy at the front desk says, "Hi, I just want to, you know, make sure you know we have no liver or soup." Wow, this is very good information. Yeah, no, usually I wish the airlines down. would take their cue from this <laughs> because just tell me what's going on, I'll be okay with wow. it. Oh, yeah, they have. Except it only went downhill from there. I'm like, okay, I understand. I'm like, although I am curious as to like 
why liver in soup? Like, <laughs> do you have like a guy who just does the liver in the soup and he's like a hundred years old? And like, he just couldn't make <laughs> he it. He can't be around the construction. <laughs> like, what is it? He's like, no, we have a, an abbreviated menu because like the liver in the soup, they need to be on like the gas burners to like make the demi-glace uh, or whatever. Okay. And I'm like, you don't have gas burners? And he's like, no. And I'm like, he's like, here's the menu. And it's like a sports bar menu at like three in the morning. And I'm like, what 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 are you cooking for me here? He's like, well, we have electrical burners. Oh, so the, so it wasn't just the liver and the soup. There were other things. Other that... things that they couldn't make, but they had to be able to make it. I'm like, what fucking restaurant that they did not give me a price reduction. It was full price. Only gave me things like cold salads and like a burger that you can make on a electric griddle and the George Foreman grill. Wait. Like, what is this? Isn't a college dorm? If you're going to go the extra mile to give people the information, you shouldn't just say liver and soup. You should say all <laughs> oh, of the Oh, by things. the way, we have no food. <laughs> Please reconsider coming to our restaurant. Yes. Have a like lean cuisine at home. Be upfront. And also, instead of saying what we don't have, say we have practically nothing. Here's what we do have. <laughs> if you're still interested in coming, we'd love to have you. But I just wanted to be upfront with right. that. Right. And we have a chef salad with cold cuts from the bodega on the Don't corner. Don't tell half the story. <laughs> tell the whole story. <laughs> they could have made a turducken fish. They could have. Or a fried... Or a fried pizza <laughs> Quesadilla. Okay. So, Joe Allen, I love you, but I got to give you a note for this. I'm sorry. Nope. I'm sorry. I still love the show anyway. Okay. Speaking of things we love, wow, that oh. was a doozy. How it's did that happen to week. us? And there's so many other we things that we didn't even shit. address. We just lost our shit. This was like a third of what we thought we might talk about. Yeah, here. we had to whittle it down because we don't. We know you don't want to listen to us for three hours. <laughs> One hour. We're One pushing hour. it. Okay, <laughs> we'll cut something out. So um, we're up to our yups. These are the things that were a little ray of light, a little beacon of hope this week. Uh, Rachel, I think you have something topical. Yes. So speaking of um, Moulin Rouge. Um, yes. Let's speak of Moulin Rouge. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, God bless her, may she live. Starred in Moulin forever. Rouge. <laughs> she, <laughs> she must so have it was revealed this week that she had a tumor removed on her pancreas. And every time her name is trending on Twitter, I have like a, a heart, heart attack. attack. <laughs> I need to be like hospitalized. <laughs> but so it turns out that she's okay. And she went to see Moulin Rouge on Broadway right before the news was revealed that she just had this surgery. So she's doing well. She's just the and most amazing. And if anything's going to lift her spirits, it's Moulin Rouge. If anything. So I encourage her. I can't her. imagine she recognized any of the music. I hope that she goes to see um, Little Shop of Horrors starring <laughs> Jonathan Groff. Tootsie when it the opens. Musical? Tootsie the Musical. She may already have seen it. I, just <laughs> RBG, just, just enjoy be Broadway. Well. Be, just well. be well. Just be well. Do whatever it takes. <laughs> okay, I have a very short one. It is also Popeye's Chicken Sandwich related. This goes out to 17-year-old David Ledbetter mm-hmm. who saw this trend coming. He saw the lines around the block for Popeye's Chicken and he saw an opportunity to do good, doing well and doing good. Um, he distracted people on the line, bored, who were registered, and he registered them to vote. I mean, this is the thing. People will wait online for a sandwich and they will not vote. Right. But David Ledbetter is changing all that. David Ledbetter is bringing these two things together and he's a genius and I applaud him. 
We're out of time, but I have, I have one more star personal story. So this weekend, I looked out the window. I walked out the door, and I couldn't get out the door because there was a line of teenage girls. And sometimes there's like a pop-up on Broadway, and when there's a celebrity there, sometimes it goes around the block a little bit. Right. This one was literally my block, another block, another long block, and then on to Broadway. Oh, was it Taylor Swift related? No. No? If it, no it was incredible. It must have been a six-hour line. And I asked them, and it was Millie Bobby Brown's cosmetic line and i mean millie bobby brown of course she looks fabulous she's like 15 years old yeah her skin is gorgeous and every 15 year old girl was on my block this weekend to go see her i mean i do love millie bobby brown but she she's like different from bobby brown though i know there's a bobby brown and a millie bobby brown i've been asked that bobby brown is gonna freak out and there's another bobby brown (laughs) who's definitely not have a cosmetics line no no he should stay out of cosmetics crack is whack (laughs) okay okay Uh, thank you for listening this has gone on far far too long far too long we're sorry but we love you but we make no apologies we answer to nobody it's it's just good to be back we're we're so happy to be back it was like uh separation anxiety yeah yeah and um you know things continue to be terrible so we have tons of material for this podcast we're gonna kick off the new fall season after labor day yeah we're back to our normal schedule after a crazy wild summer hope you had a crazy wild summer summer um if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate review subscribe grab someone's phone and subscribe for them if you're not going to give us five stars don't bother don't we're bother. not interested in your opinion no and give it like if you haven't reviewed this podcast and you listen to it please do so and give us five stars because we we suffered some trolling reviews after i wrote a an article about ivanka trump some people gave us one star reviews and it brought down our average but we don't care i mean we don't have any corporate overlords but still We'd like to be at five stars. We'd like to be at five stars. So So you can help. Do your part. Be like David Ledbetter. Sign people up to vote and give us five stars. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. This is This Week in Note. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend. We got a lot in common.